When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Evan Bland joins us from the Omaha World Herald, talks some Nebraska football. Give uh, Evan a read, Omaha.com for sure, and at Evan Bland, O-W-H. Follow him on Twitter. Evan, uh, more and more uh, new profile picks are going up uh, with this uh, assistant staff for Coach Rule. Uh, not long ago, uh, Ed Foley joined the mix. Ed Foley looks, and this is a compliment because I always enjoyed my driver's ed teachers, but he looks like your driver's ed or your PE teacher, man, and he's ready to rock and roll with special teams. <laughs> I loved my driver's ed teacher, too. I always remember he one thing he said me. was he, he told me at work he was going to grade my class hard because he felt like most of us would never be in that situation again. I'll never forget that, but um, yes, Ed Foley was the latest, and and wouldn't you know, like in today's modern age, you don't. Uh, it's not official unless you have a photoshopped version of a coach in a in a uniform or in a, a top that he's never worn before. So whoever whoever's doing those photoshopping uh, jobs are doing a pretty good job, actually. I think of of the coaches, but yeah, I mean, it's in a lot of ways, it's been a pretty quick staff assembly, right? Like you think about the fact that Nebraska names Matt Rule officially on Saturday, and here we are on Wednesday, and he essentially has half of his on-field staff assembled at this point. That's actually really quick work. I think it speaks to the urgency that they have to get on the road recruiting this weekend. Matt Rule mentioned that on Monday. Certainly the transfer portal opening on Monday, you want to have all hands on deck to be able to do what you do. But yeah, I mean, I think it continues this trend that we've seen that uh, Matt Rule places a high value on having worked with, with coaches previously and knowing uh, how they work together and knowing that the these new assistants will back 
his way of doing things, and it is a little bit different. So, um, you know, whether that means that the entire staff's going to be that way or he retains somebody remains to be seen, but certainly 10 years as a head coach at multiple stops, um, Matt Rules has built connections and acquaintances, and now we're starting to see those materialize here in Lincoln. And uh, Evan, I can actually tell you, we'll get back to the point here in just a second, but you mentioned the whole jersey swap shirt swap thing. I got a friend who is a, a very good graphic designer, worked for the university for a bit. He works for the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies now, and I got to sit next to him in a class one time. And instead of paying attention in class, he was doing one of the jersey swap things. And let me tell you what, it's like watching magic whenever they do those things. It's <laughs> phenomenal. But I, I want to get back to, to some of these assistant coaches that we're seeing the, the names pop up, and it seems to be very much a, a young wave of assistant coaches, young and unproven. And Matt Rule said that might be coming, but what do you make of just how young some of these guys are coming in and becoming assistant coaches? Yeah, that's a great point. And it's funny. I mean, I'm, I'm in my mid to late 30s. Most of these guys are kind of the same way. And it, it's interesting. I mean, you look at some of their uh, their paths to this point. A lot of them coached maybe at some smaller schools. Maybe that was a temple. Maybe they got their first sort of big break at Carolina when Matt Rule uh, was hired on there a couple of years ago. But it's guys who, and, and I've gone back and, and listened to a lot of them do various interviews at some of their other stops. They're fairly dynamic people. They think outside the box. Um, you know, the, the running backs coach, E.J. Barthel, had a really good um, sort of line of thinking about how he, he dims the lights in his meeting room and he texts a PDF to his players ahead of time, sort of like the minutes of the, the meeting, almost like a, you know, like a, a, a city hall meeting or something like that to where, uh, you know, guys just kind of want to know what to expect. And he encourages them to write notes on their phone as opposed to maybe the way that he did it back in the day, which was pen and paper. And so, uh, I think that's part of it. I think there's it, it, it takes a certain energy to get out on the recruiting trail and, and to find the guys that you want to find. You look at the classes that Matt Mountrell's staffs have had at his previous stops, and they've not just been sort of regional. I mean, they have gone out and found guys from greater distances too. And as we know, at Nebraska, you can't get in your car and, and drive around and fill your roster based on guys that are – you know, a few hours away, like you can in other parts of the country. So it's a different approach, I think, than we've seen a little bit. Um, I will say, having looked at some of Matt Rule's history with his staffs, he has often had an eye for finding young coaches in, in sort of the way that we talk about identifying recruits. He's had that um, with some different staffers on, on the coaching side, too. So we'll see if some of the, how, how some of these young guys pan out. You know, another name that a lot of people have been watching uh, Elijah Robinson from Texas A&M was a guy who uh, worked with Matt Rule at Temple, and and now he's at, at A&M as one of the highest paid position coaches in the country. So like there are some success stories on that side too. Um, you know, obviously you want a little bit of experience as well as uh, to mix in with some of these young dynamic guys. But there's no doubt that he places a lot of value. Matt Rule does on on men who are like minded and who are going to go out and execute the vision that he sets. Evan Bland with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Evan with the Omaha World Herald. You mentioned Barthel, and when when his name came up, and you look at what UConn did running the football, thirty second in the country, and in kind of the road traveled by by the new running backs coach. I, I dug in a little deeper and was pretty fascinated. And and all these guys seem to have some sort of administrative background so far, at least the, you know, of the staff that's been named, not all, but, but most. 
and, and Barthel with, with his time as recruiting coordinator. And I was wondering, well, how does he go from, from being at Penn State for a season to a lower level? And then I found out he had a, a position at Baylor just end up falling through. He's supposed to join Rule down in, in Baylor. And uh, that didn't work out. But, uh, I mean, James Franklin has been right there a lot of years in recruiting. And, and for Barthel to, to have that under Franklin uh, in the Big Ten, also being at, at, at Rutgers for a, for a time, there's one of your Big Ten hires. Is, is Barthel a name that, and, and resume that impresses you? Do you think he can bring what, uh, what he's been able to do to Lincoln? That seems like it. Uh, again, I mean, he's he strikes me as a guy who's well spoken, who has uh, you know a certain vision about how he wants to do things. Another little anecdote that he told that I thought was interesting that he got from Matt Rule was his position group every day would show little video clips. They call them the uh, the lion and the sheep tape, and so they would show uh, clips of, of their own players making winning plays, uh, that took maybe extra effort and then losing plays where guys maybe loafed a little bit. And, and he said, man, that, that set a culture where, uh, guys, the players just sort of subconsciously, they became afraid that they didn't want to be on that sheep tape. And so that just sort of set the standard. Um, and that was something that he took with him, uh, to those different stops. I think you'll probably see that, show up at Nebraska too. But to your larger point, I mean, it is true. You look around at some of the backgrounds of these guys. They've been directors of player personnel or on-campus recruiting. You know, Terrence Knighton, the, who's coming in as a defensive line coach, was an NFL player. You know, most people know him because of his nickname, Pot Roast, when he was with the Denver Broncos and elsewhere just a handful of years ago. So uh, these are guys who have, even though they have Matt Rule connections, they do come from varying backgrounds some of them were players at high levels some of them weren't um but you know again it, it, there's there's value for matt rule in bringing in guys that he knows as opposed to hey let's sort through some resumes let's open this thing up let's uh do an interview or two and get to know you i mean no he he knows who he wants we all know that time is of the essence in a lot of ways as they're looking to build this thing. Not that you want to rush the process uh, in the name of a few recruits, but I think it just shows there's a conviction for, again, the vision that Matt Rule has for this thing. He knows uh, his group of guys that he wants to bring in, and, and we're already starting to see it happen. Evan, a thought, who who could be that 500-mile radius guy that's going to win for Nebraska, that has won for Nebraska is there a guy that's on on the former staff that would fit that well? It just seems like you better have a connection in-state to keep the in-state locked down, but also be able to hit Kansas City, Missouri, Iowa, and, uh, of course, Colorado. That, that, that circle that T.O. drew out many, many years ago, you need to, to tap uh, closer to home. Right. I mean, there are – there are a lot of names that you could go with there. I mean, certainly uh, we talk about Mickey Joseph. He's somebody who has, has really built some strong in-state inroads, especially in Omaha, where Nebraska has struggled to, to really get those relationships going. You know, Barrett Rude, who's we don't really officially know what his future holds. He, he has been the in-state guy for Nebraska. Um, you know, the, the, the reports of Jake Peets coming in, he's a, an in-state uh, native, right? Like he's from around here. He he would probably have a a decent handle on things. Um, 
so I think those are some names that you throw out there initially. And then you look at what we don't know about the staff. One, we don't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. And when you look at Matt Rule's track record, that's been Phil Snow at his other stops. But Phil Snow, uh, you know, I, I've talked to some folks who know him um, through the years. He was a guy who, even when they were at Temple in 2015, 2016, uh, he was telling people at the time he was thinking about retiring. I mean, he's, he's in his, now he's in his late 60s, I believe. And so you wonder if he just wants to start a fresh adventure in a new place or if he's ready to, to maybe retire and move on to that next step. So I think that's one big area that's interesting. And then, you know, offensive line would be the other one. When you look at, again, Matt Rule's track record in the last 10 years, I think he's had like five or six offensive line coaches. So while there were a lot of obvious names that you can point to that he would add to his staff, and he has done that, with many of these guys, I don't think that you can do that as much with the offensive line. And, and as we know, you know, the Midwest tends to produce a lot of, you know, big bodied blockers, especially on the offensive line. And so it seems to me that if you can go out and find somebody who is a big 10 guy, who's familiar with the area, that might be a position too, that would make sense uh, to bring someone on with that kind of background. Now, do you think that Ryola could be coming back along the offensive line? Evan, I saw an offer went out last night, uh, to a previously offered uh, rec- offensive line recruit, and he included Donovan Royal in the tweet announcing that he had been reoffered. Is that a case of not knowing who the offensive line coach is, so you're going to include the guy who was previously recruiting you, or, or is there a chance that Ryla could return as the offensive line coach, based on what you're hearing? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to read too much into the you know the tweets of a, of a high school kid who's excited <laughs> to get an offer. So... I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, if that was sort of authorized uh, or, or sent with Donovan Rayola in the mix or if that was his previous contact, whatever else it might be. Um, I think just knowing, again, what we know about Matt Rule, that would surprise me if Donovan Rayola were to stick around. This was still his first year as a major college coach. Um, you know, the position and the struggles of the offensive line are pretty well documented this year. So, you know, maybe maybe on the flip side, that inexperience could you could argue could play to his favor as somebody who's a little bit more um, moldable in terms of of the vision that Rule wants to set. So, um, we haven't heard anything on that front, one way or the other. Um, but I would be surprised again. I would say if if it ends up being Donovan Rayola. Shocked at all, a uh, couple of names that you hear former Huskers and former Husker coaches talk about. Uh, of course, Mickey Joseph, is he in the running for a head coaching job? Uh, likely, is he uh, going to be welcomed back to, to Lincoln uh, with, a, with a spot on this staff? We, we don't know uh, how communication's gone with Rule and Mickey, so that's that's one shoe, and the other shoe did drop, and that's Bill Bush. And Bill Bush has been in the Big Ten. Bill Bush has recruited some of the best uh, NFL draft picks there are and some of the best players to come through a lot of doors, and and, and he was not retained. Uh, I, I understand Rule going with his own guys. I totally get that, but I, I thought there was maybe an outside shot that, that Bush may have been retained, and we're still still waiting on Mickey. Yeah, it's it's a tough time, right? Like you understand it sort of from the thirty thousand foot view, where you know this program's gone three and nine and four and eight the last two years, and so you can argue that there should be fresh faces in here and, and doing what they do. But when you interact with some of these guys uh, the way that I do, and, and you see these guys 
to Schmitty all the time. Um, it is. It's a little tough because you know that Bill Bush is a husker through and through. I mean, he, he'll, he'll tell you stories about his GA days in the early 90s, and, and clearly this year it meant a ton to him to be able to come back and uh, first coordinate special teams and then do what he did defensively. I mean, he, he does. He cares. There's an energy about him, and I think it's worth – sort of just remembering and reminding that even though a lot of these other coaches too are not being retained, it doesn't mean they're not great coaches, great people. Um, you know, Sean Becton at yeah. tight ends who, who had, I thought great success over the years with Austin Allen and what they did with Travis Volkolek and landing Thomas Fedoni. Um, you know, that's a guy who I think I'll miss and, and, and Travis Fisher too. Uh, if indeed he's not around and it looks like that's the case. I mean, that's a guy who could have left for SEC jobs a couple of years ago who has a young family here. So you feel for these guys on a personal level. You, you get to know them. Um, they, they did a good job in certain ways. But uh, at the end of the day, as they, as they often say, it's, it's a business. And, and Matt Rule's not being shy about saying, you know, he believes the guys that he can bring in are going to do a better job and help Nebraska win games. And um, he's executing that now. Evan Bland with us here, Omaha World, Herald, Hale Varsity Radio. And uh, be sure to uh, log on and uh, read EvanOmaha.com. And, of course, uh, find him on Twitter at Evan Bland, O-W-H. Evan, we'll uh, keep following you and keep our ear to the ground as well and see how things shake out as this staff rounds into completion. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks, guys. Good stuff from Evan Bland at Tail Bar City Radio. Uh, we uh, need to reset and reschedule our interview with Jeff Smith. Some news on Mickey Joseph. That's on the way with Hail Bar City.